Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait, you look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money? A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV, starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start, Start saving, saving today. today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. For exclusive podcasts and more, sign up at Patreon.com slash Partners in Crime Media. This week's Lotto Marathon winner is Mary Riley from Montague, Massachusetts. Mary will get a marathon decal showing she watched 26.2 hours of her favorite crime show. To be next week's winner, sign up at LawAndOrderPodcast.com. I'm Kevin Flynn with Rebecca Lavoie and Lily Flynn, and these are their stories. You think you know who did it, but you don't know who did it, Law and Order. Welcome to These Are Their Stories, the podcast about Network TV's most enduring crime franchise and the real-life cases that inspired their shows. I'm Kevin Flynn. Each podcast will break down an episode from either Criminal Intent, SVU, or Original Recipe. And today we're looking at Special Victims Unit, Season 10, Episode 12, Hot House. Your rich white girl has 160 IQ and no history of abuse, addiction, or mental illness. Don't tell me she didn't know what she did was wrong. She's 14 years old. Are you the same person that you were back then? At 14, I wasn't a murderer. Joining me to do just that is true crime author and the host of Crime Writers On and Netflix's You Can't Make This Up podcasts, Rebecca Lavoie. Hello, Rebecca. Hello, Kevin. Hold on. I just have to wipe the carbonated proteins out of my eyes. That's so nuts. We have to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> and rounding out our panel is our special guest, the person that has been announcing the marathon winners for years from the first 10 seconds of the These Are The Stories podcast. It's Lily Flynn. Hello, Lily. Hi, how are you? That's my, that's my daughter, Lily Flynn. <laughs> <laughs> Lily, you've always wanted to be a guest on the podcast. I know. I made a TikTok for you to use because I've been asking for years and everyone has to know. <laughs> Instead of just asking, what did you do to prepare for this appearance? I mean, I've been watching SVU since the beginning. I've, been, I've seen now 11 seasons straight through. Haven't skipped one. <laughs> Wow, that's commitment. That's commitment. She said, I if I'm going to do this, i got to be prepared. We have so many guests who've literally never seen it before, and this is the <laughs> first time they've ever watched one. I know, and then he was always like, you're not ready, you're not ready, you've only seen one show, and I was like, I think I'm pretty qualified by this point, so I think I wore yeah. you down. Yeah, well, you didn't, well, you know, to be fair, Lily never came out and asked, but I always knew this was her dream. Her dream was to <laughs> really? be on Dad's podcast. What are some of the which other? Which is a shitty dream. But what you are know. some of the other dreams she has that you know she has that you've been denying her for no reason? A pony. <laughs> <laughs> well, then yes. Lily Flynn, of all the franchises, which two cops are your favorite Law and Order detective team? Favorite Law and Order detective team. I've been waiting for you to ask me this question for so long. Um, my favorite two cops are easily um, Munch and Finn. Yeah. I know Olivia and Stabler is like a classic choice, but I enjoy a good 
Finn and Munch episode or just a Finn episode because you get so many good one-liners that you will never get on an Olivia and Elliot episode. Facts. I really enjoy Finn. And as you know, I I maybe won't rant to your listeners, but I, I do not enjoy Elliot Stabler as much as yeah. other people. Because you have good taste. I, I love Chris right. Maloney. It's not about Chris Maloney. Yes, it is not about Chris Maloney. It's just about his character annoys me 80% of the time. Uh, Finn never annoys me. Looks like the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. <laughs> <laughs> and Lily, who's your favorite prosecutorial team? Favorite law and order district attorney prosecutorial team. You know, I I like a lot of them. Um, I think I love Casey Novak the most. Mm-hmm. I've had a lot of time with Alex and I've had a lot of time with Casey. But the re- the thing that edges Casey up just a smidge more for me than Alex is I feel like Casey is always more helpful than hindrance to them. Mm-hmm. And I, I know sometimes Alex is like, oh, like I don't have enough evidence. That's her job. That's fair. But Casey's always like, no, you're right. We shouldn't put this guy back on the street. What can I what can I do to help? How can I, what char- What little charge can I give him to buy you time? Like, and I always agree with her moral compass as opposed to the police's moral compass, I think. So you agree with her prosecutorial misconduct and colluding with the police to do potentially yes. civil rights violating things. Cool, cool. No, actually, generally speaking. Oh my God, speaking, I have failed as a parent. I like Casey too. <laughs> I like Casey too because her look changes so much that mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. when I watch an old episode, I'm like, wait, that's Casey. She's a redhead here. Now she's a blonde. Now she's a brunette. Like you never know what you're going to get. I like that. You too, right, Kevin? I love that about her. <laughs> All right, now let's take a look at the first half of this episode. Special Victims Unit, Season 10, Episode 12, Hot House. Well, nothing says rise and shine, New York, like a body in the Hudson River. Benson and Stabler are called to the waterfront to investigate a teen recovered from the river. You have any idea what she went in? No sign the fish fed on her, so she couldn't have been in long. Long enough to get rid of anything that's going to help us. Even the river couldn't get rid of this. She bled from her wounds, which means her heart was pumping, and she was alive when she sustained them. Head bashed in, punctured wounds to the breast. God, she's got scars all over her. Warner uses the bat computer to determine <laughs> the young victim was from the Ukraine. So naturally, she was sex trafficked. The detectives zone in on apparently the only sex trafficker from the Ukraine in New York. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so naturally, Liv goes undercover as a madam looking to buy some girls. They bust the pimp who says the victim isn't a prostitute. She's the pride and joy of the Ukrainian-American mathematics community, student prodigy Elsa Lynchkoff. At the prestigious Morewood Academy, they weren't even aware that their most famous student was missing. Hmm. Her roommate, chess nerd Jennifer Banks, says prim and proper Elsa had a wild side that she was trying to hide from her strict father. Mr. Lynchkoff is devastated at the loss of his only daughter. That is until Benson and Stabler meet his other daughter. (laughs) The one that he kicked out of the house because her IQ was only 135. Katrina says she and her sister were locked up in the basement to nurture their intellect and finish their studies while their dad struck them with yardsticks and burnt them with cigarettes when they got the answers wrong. Ah, fathers and their daughters. Mm, So complicated. (laughs) Under interrogation, they learn Lichkoff washed out as an aerospace engineer, has a huge gambling debt, and has been living off of Elsa's stipend from Morewood Academy. When mom turns on him, verifying the abuse, the distraught Lichkoff bangs his head into the wall until he literally knocks himself out. 
All right, well, if you do Tai Chi or hot yoga with silly names for positions, you're eventually going to get skewered on SVU. <laughs> Let your chi flow. Does anyone remember the next form? Body in water. No, snake creeps down. No, I mean there's a body in the water. Yes, but wasn't that sort of like weird and racist the way the lady said that? Like, you know, body in water. Like she was sort of like using the Tai Chi pose lingo to sort of describe. I mean, is she is she that program where she can't get out of the Tai Chi? I thought that was a very strange way to, to point out the body. What was weird to me is that the woman didn't say no, like that's not a pose. She was just like, no, not yet. <laughs> Body and water, coming later. <laughs> uh, so to get the ID, Warner runs a carbon dating test on her eyes. Yes. Any closer on the ID? No hit on her prints and missing persons came up empty. But I can tell you she's 14 years and two months old. I carbon dated the crystalline proteins in her eyes. Is she a caveman? All I know is if this technique exists, why hasn't she used it in like a hundred other episodes where they couldn't figure out where the person was from? Yeah, I thought you did it like, I thought maybe if you could do it through your teeth or something. I've heard that, but then she was like her eyes and I was like, okay, sure. Yeah. And then she does the isotope analysis. I ran an isotope analysis of her hair. It measures oxygen intake from drinking water, which varies from geographical location. The most recent growth shows that she's been in New York the past couple of months. Before that, distinct markers put her in the Ukraine. She's way ahead of the curve for someone who has such a shitty, shitty office. Yeah, but also the body's been there for like two hours. Why not just fingerprint her? (laughs) Or something other than treat her like it's the Smithsonian. (laughs) And they found unfrozen caveman lawyer or something. (laughs) Yeah, so the the hair isotopes, it it finds that she has been in New York but was originally from the Ukraine. Mm. But 10 minutes later, we find out, no, she has no accent because she isn't an immigrant. She was born in the U.S. So good job, science. Yeah. It's this whole episode. There's like a thing. You're like, ooh. And then it's like not that thing. And then no one ever talks about it again. Where is the accountability? Now I know why Warner has such a shitty office. Which, by the way, Lily, did you notice how shitty her office was? Yeah, it was so sad. I was like, Warner's (laughs) been here longer. Like, she deserves a bit of a... Uh, she deserves a raise. Let's just say that. <laughs> she shouldn't have an office where she's got to share it with a dead body. <laughs> uh, so at the end of the autopsy, Warner says that she can help. It's going to be tough to idea. I know a woman who might be able to better your odds. She runs an organization that helps trafficked girls. Her name's Grace Metcalf. She knows someone <laughs> who works with trafficked girls. The medical examiner. But yeah, not the hello? special victims unit. Right. Let me give you a tip. <laughs> Let me help you do your job one more time. It's <laughs> true. She basically is doing all the detective That's work. That's always her role, right? Um, right? Also, how does she know her? Do they play bridge together? Did they <laughs> meet walking their dogs? They never explain how these relationships originated, ever. They share isotopes, apparently. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, and one of those things you realize should happen like way more often, because when it does happen, you're like, oh, that's bad, but it's kind of great is when Liv goes undercover as a madam and Finn is her bodyguard. Mm. I need eight girls, newcomers, the younger the better. I mean, let's talk about you. Oh. Where are you from? Chicago. Lots of pretty girls there. Yes, indeed. Can you shop at home? I have very important clients that come here for work. I need to service them locally. She says this really, she says this like really creepy line. Like she was just like, she was ready. She was like, I need eight girls. And I was first like, why eight? I was like, that's a big number. I was like four, six. She was like, I need eight girls. The younger, the better. And I was like, okay, you really sold it on the creepy. Mm. I was like, I'm uncomfortable. She was hot though, right? Didn't she look good? 
Yeah, she looked so good in the fur, and I was like, I like her hair this season, like the the swoop, like the, lob. the side, the highlights. Yeah, it was working. Um, and then, like when she inspects the girl, she knew exactly what to do. She was like, "Open your mouth." This one's teeth are a rotten mess. You got to get off the meth, honey. No, Sam. You think I let my girl shoot up? Not in their arms. Between their toes, maybe. Take your socks off. I was like, "What?" She treated them like horses. Let's yeah. look at I was teeth. like, "Hello." Teeth and hooves. Those poor girls. Yeah, that's when you know you're getting a quality sex trafficked girl. Exactly. It's like going it's like when the produce guy goes to the pile of apples first. He's like, No, 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 this this one's rotten. Throw this one away. It's got track marks in her toes. So you're saying this is the sex trafficking equivalent of like knocking on melons? Exactly. <laughs> so I mean, she wasn't actually buying them and she still said no to one of them. I was like, that poor girl's self esteem after this, yeah. you know? <laughs> she fake rejected a fake purchase of yeah. a fake sex trafficked girl. So now this poor girl was like, wait, you're not even a madam and you still didn't want me? You're a cop and you still felt comfortable rejecting me? Yeah, she's got to like rethink her uh, career choice, right? <laughs> Maybe I should do something else Mm. so let's take a little five minute diversion and talk about the cast we get to see somebody before they were famous famous. who is the actress playing super psycho chestner jennifer banks everything came easy to elsa she didn't take notes and she didn't cram all night like the rest of us that's sarah highland she's most known for being on modern family i think but she's been on a couple other things a couple disney movies i think she's in all those taco bell commercials with joe keery now that's when i see her the most but yeah. sarah highland yeah. she outacts everybody in this episode she is so freaking good you can see why she became like a famous actress and got the mm-hmm. modern family you can see it, the the genes are all there mm-hmm. she just brings it in this episode in a way that i so can't be love Four Law & Order franchise appearances, including one that we did called Repression, where she played a child who was not actually molested by her dad, even though everybody (laughs) thought so. Why is everybody mad at my daddy? I'm not laughing because that's funny. I'm laughing because, yeah, because that's how this show is. That's how it was. (laughs) So at age nine, uh, Sarah was diagnosed with a kidney disorder. Her father donated a kidney to her in 2012, And four years later, she started rejecting it. She had a second transplant using her brother's kidney. Uh, Do you guys guys know this, by the way? I mean, this is like a... Never heard of this before. Tell me more. This all happened like while she's on Modern Family. I want to know more. Uh, Let's see. She also suffers from endometriosis and hernia. That I knew. She's had 16 different operations. Uh, Lily, do you think I would give you a kidney? Yeah. What would I ask for in return, though? That's the question. Mm, I have a (laughs) follow-up. Do you think he would give you a kidney after I gave him a talking to about giving you a kidney? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, that's how it would go. That's how it would go. (laughs) Like, like this is a guy who, like, lets his daughter buy him a milkshake at Wendy's. And I'm like, you're you're the dad. One fucking time. One time. (laughs) You're supposed to buy the milkshake for your kids, the Frosty or whatever it's called. I'm teaching her how to, you know, be generous with her money. To her dad. Oh, shut up. That's (laughs) it. No kidney. Absolutely no kidney. Um, I think you would give me a kidney in exchange for a Wendy's milkshake. <laughs> yeah. But then I'll just hear like, bitching about it for the rest of my life. Yep. Uh, here's a personal quote from Sarah. I love Neutrogena's makeup remover cleansing wipes. <laughs> they get what? all my... They get all my makeup off. Yes, they do. That That is what they're supposed to do. Yes. yes. Is she, was she a spokesperson for Neutrogena when she said that? I hope so. <laughs> 
<laughs> I hope she just wasn't in some interview and said, you know Working what? Working for that money. <laughs> I think it was one of maybe one of those things, Lily, you know, in the back of women's magazines where it's like what they have in their purse. Yeah. And it's yeah. like the fake contents where like all the mascara looks brand new and shit. And they're like, I like this the best because when I swim wearing my Speedo bathing suit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you want to know what's in my purse? Wrappers, not... <laughs> <laughs> and gum covered coins <laughs> which probably also has some uh, anti-rejection drugs in there and probably. an excuse for why she can't have grapefruit yeah she can never have grapefruit or a cara cara orange because mm. that's part grapefruit oh really fun fact yeah <laughs> we have a hey it's that girl hey it's that girl who's playing the tossed aside sister katrina hmm. elsa was papa's exotic flower she needed devoted care and attention to flourish. I don't know her name. I don't know her name, but wasn't she? She was in Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, she was. She's Stormfront in The Boys, which we have been watching voraciously. And you had to sort of like point that out. I was like, I know. I, know, I, I yeah. seen, saw her in something yesterday. She is a chameleon and she's really great. Her name's Anya <laughs> Cash. Uh, right. The 100-year-old Nazi Stormfront superhero on Prime's The Boys. Three Law and Order appearances. She gets the trifecta. Uh, she co-starred with one of our previous guests, Janet Varney, on the TV show You're the Worst. Really? Oh. Yeah. Uh, she got five out of five stars on WikiFeet. Oh. Ew. Is that a thing? That's a thing. <laughs> I don't even want to know. It's a website where users rate actors and actresses' feet. Ew. Ew. She, yeah. <laughs> okay. she got, apparently, she's got gorgeous feet. Five out of five. Which is, I, Mariska has four and a half, so... Mm. That's yeah. something. Yeah. Mariska also has four and a half billion dollars from being on the show for 35 <laughs> yeah. years. <laughs> Do something about your feet. <laughs> hey, did anyone recognize the actor playing chemistry genius Brian? No. no. I'm not some little kid playing Paro here. I already had three patents on my work. That's Eric Gores, an actor with cerebral palsy. He is the son of of billionaire Alec Gores of the Gores Group. Huh, interesting. Yeah, over the years, uh, they've acquired over 80 different companies, distressed companies, you know, and then they build them up and sell them off or whatever. Oh, he's one of those. Yeah, one of those. <laughs> uh, a turnaround guy, a.k.a. the guy who gets a lot of people fired and a lot of jobs eliminated. <laughs> so they currently own a, a plastics company, a network that services jukeboxes. Hmm. Do, you, do you know what a jukebox is, Lily? I know what a jukebox is, okay. yes. They used to have one at um, the Covered Bridge. Mm, true. Oh, that's true, yeah. So every time you stuck a dollar in, uh, apparently, you know, some <laughs> you listen of to would... some Uncle Rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at our local tavern. They also own right now Hostess Cakes. Really? Yeah. Are mm. they going to turn that around? Well, I mean, if, <laughs> okay, how can they improve? if not for them, there'd be no more Twinkies. Exactly. So. How could they possibly right. improve the Hostess Cake? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the father, Al Gore, is apparently he has one of the largest houses in Los Angeles. And he once lost tens of millions of dollars, I forget the exact amount, but tens of millions of dollars gambling at uh, backgammon hmm. against a world champion. Oh. Which, you know, once you get into a hole, you probably should. Yeah, I although I have recently learned about Los Angeles's burgeoning, uh, thriving backgammon community and something else that we've been <laughs> consuming. It's a thing there. It's like underground poker. Remember in the 70s and 80s, the whole backgammon Chippendales situation? Come on now, you know. Mm. <laughs> so we visit Morewood Academy, which, by the way, is the same name as that Ukrainian brothel we were at. <laughs> More wood academy. Ew, ew. Uh, we meet first. We meet Jennifer, who says uh, Elsa. When she snuck out, she dressed kind of slutty. 
And then Liv says, oh, yeah? Will you show me? Show me. <laughs> <laughs> and, El- and Elsa's like, look at this box of slut gear. And, of course, there's a thong just sitting, like, right on top. Like, like that's how you would put your thong away. Everyone knows you hide your thong under other shit. Everyone knows that even when you go to the doctor's office, you take off your clothes and you put them on the chair. And even though the doctor's about to see you naked, you always put your underwear at the bottom, am I right, Lily Flynn? Yes, yes. You do not let anyone know what underwear you were wearing that day. <laughs> oh, she says, oh, she was like, she has to hide it because she'd get in trouble. There's a dress code. That's what she says. There's a dress code at this school. She'd be in trouble for even having it. And I was like, what? Do they check for thongs at this school? I was like, what do you mean you check? <laughs> you get a demerit for having a thong yeah. in your room. If you, have, if, if you don't have visible panty lines, demerit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, whoa, she has a thong. What a cum dumpster. Wow. Ew, 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 ew. You always get along with your doormates, Lily? Or- I don't think any of my roommates would know me well enough to know where I keep my slutty clothes. Yes, yes. <laughs> my roommate I- this year that I share an apartment with, I was like, I was really in the depths of SVU. And I was like, I have a really weird question for you. And I was like, we should just tell each other who we think. If, you know, if one of us was murdered and the police ask the roommate first, who do you think did it? Like, we should just give each other a name now. So <laughs> my roommate and I have like covered ourselves um, because I've, I always, I'm like, she would, like, I hate that when the roommate's like, I don't know her that well. And I'm like, you have to be able to tell them who killed me. Yes. That's your job. That's your one you job. You think you know who did it. If but- nothing else, you can leave your dirty dishes in the sink, <laughs> but be my good okay. witness. Exactly, exactly. So Katarina, the sister, says she was burned with cigarettes, beaten, and then kicked out of the house because her sister's IQ is 165 and hers was only 135. I'm thinking, well, maybe if you had a better fucking attitude, Katrina. <laughs> You ain't get kicked out of the house. Maybe if you just tried harder. Yeah. You pick yourself up by your IQ bootstraps, Katrina. This is America. You're supposed to be smart. <laughs> Can't you do something about all that rice that you have to kneel on? I mean, come on. Oh, my God, river. the rice. Oh. What's with the rice? You forced you to eat down here, too? No. He made us kneel on it while he drilled us. It's not so bad at first, but after a while, the grains dig into your skin and you start to bleed. That's what I do to your dad when I find out that he made you buy his milkshake. Kneel <laughs> on the rice. Kneel on this rice. Right, and to, like, to show the scars on her knees, like she just kind of hikes up her weird little skirt. Yep. And it looks like she's got like maggots. Yes. Uh, like, yeah, ugh. it was like, who faked that? Mm. <laughs> Hair and makeup did a weird job. You know, when Katrina's showing them the their hot house that's like freezing cold, but you know, it's like referring to a greenhouse and orchids and like all that creepy stuff. Then the detectives are like, oh, uh, clearly you've been like abused by your father and then they arrest the father for assaulting Elsa and not yes. her not the <laughs> yes. live witness I was yes. like I go hold I, on <laughs> again she's cut out she doesn't matter she's like, only 135 she's so Boom. invisible yeah yeah she, like no one sees her I see you I see, I see you, you girl Katrina. whose name I did not know except for the fact that you're on another show I watched I see you <laughs> <laughs> so this is something I haven't seen before is that when confronted with his bad fathering, Lykoff bangs his head into the wall over and over again till he knocks himself out. Get back down, Joseph. Get out. Forgive me. Get down. Elsa. Stop it. Elsa. Just stop it. Elsa. Stop it. Forgive me. Captain. And then doesn't have to be questioned any further. Yeah, and apparently there are no consequences for the systemic child abuse he's been subjecting his children to for their entire lives. Oh, that comes later. We never see him again. He's just this is the last scene, right? Gone. I was really... It was, unnecessarily aggressive I was like okay it's a little extra I feel like it's what Elliot would do if he were arrested (laughs) I'm not gonna lie Kathleen (laughs) don't you know I have daughters
Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait. You look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money. A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. All right, now let's take a look at the second half of this episode. Mr. Lichkoff is taken away in a stretcher, although he's confessed about the abuse of Elsa Finn's got proof that he's not the killer. I called the casinos down in AC. A couple of the pit bosses say Lichkoff's a regular. They sent his surveillance photo. He was there the day Elsa was murdered. Guy's a creep. He's just not our creep. This guy must have felt pretty guilty about the abuse he put Elsa through to bash his head in All like right, that. All right, so Dad's off the hook. I guess we take another look at the school. Students say Elsa did not get along with her roommate Jennifer. When they bring her in with her mom, Jennifer tweaks out, saying she wanted to be the smartest kid in the school, and Elsa wouldn't give her the time of day. Jennifer admits to following her on the Hudson River Ferry, but when Elsa refused to talk to her, Jennifer slammed her head and threw her in the water. The detectives learned the body went into the water on the New Jersey side, where they can charge juveniles as adults. After Jennifer has a manic freakout in court, she tells Benson that she's been awake for days after using a drug called Provigil to keep her up and be so productive. In her dorm room, Liv finds her stash of pills and her journal filled with the ramblings of a crazed person. <laughs> Porner says being that sleep deprived would have made her psychotic. Well, the cold hearted New Jersey DA is unmoved Ooh. until Benson tells her the story of a cop so sleep deprived he mistook his asthma inhaler for his gun. And the DA. God. Who I'm just going to assume is also asthmatic, <laughs> decides to try her as a juvenile so she'll still have a chance at a normal life when she's released at 21. Okay, so with the dad out of the picture, they go back to more Wood Academy and they start talking to some bad boys. Geniuses. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually surprised that they went there and that they didn't use Hudson. We are Hudson, where the bad guys go to school. Yes, Hudson Academy. That would be, I think that yeah, would track. that would be funny. Hudson Preparatory High School. <laughs> you know how some of those fancy colleges have like a preparatory high school yeah. next door. You think more? You think uh, was it Morewood is the preparatory high school for Hudson? Because we all know how Hudson is so competitive. Yeah, because it's, <laughs> it's Hudson where the bad guys go to juvie. <laughs> Yikes! So they talk to a kid who's a chem genius. Mm-hmm. Kid who's good at math problems. Yep. He's got the the blackboard. Looks like he's in Goodwill Hunting. Yep. They talk to the biology guy. The PowerPoint kid, yep. PowerPoint kid before they come to the, you know, the bad boy musician. The theremin kid. The th- kid with the theremin. <laughs> Maximize your potential. <laughs> Baby. <laughs> it's because he wants to play the solo in Good Vibrations. Oh, my God. <laughs> this parade of geniuses was the funniest, like, cuts of scenes I have seen in this show in a very long time. First of all, all white boys, right? And by the yeah. way, Finn was saying that kids were dragged out of his, quote, hood to go to this school. The brain I didn't see anyone. Where are those kids? Everybody here is white. As rich, uh, yep. <laughs> and rich. And also, like, the kids are all like everybody they've ever interviewed on this show, like in The Gap, who won't stop folding sweaters while talking <laughs> to cops. <laughs> but what these kids are doing is so unimportant. Like, there's Goodwill Hunting right against the chalkboard. There's Good Vibrations Kid. It is 
obscenely uh, insane, and I loved it. I loved every second of it. They like, and they chose to interview them because they all have um, like records, but they were like for the most random assortment of crimes. Like, did you notice that they were like, oh, he accidentally started a fire because he was doing a <laughs> chemistry experiment? I was like, yeah, he's your killer, all right. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when they meet Danny, he says that Elsa and Jennifer fought. And then when they're asked, well, what that, that's like, he says, Did you ever see a nerd spaz out? It's ugly. Ugh, that's so inappropriate. The word spaz, by the way, is an epithet that no one should ever use. Really? Yes. Look it up. Oh, I don't know if I want to hook it up. <laughs> but I mean, please, dude, there are no cool kids at that school. You're all fucking nerds. So I shut think up. Jennifer is pretty cool. Just saying. And besides for the murdery part. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's like, otherwise, she's like Queen's Gambit. I mean, she's pretty freaking I don't know. Cool. Is that how you get to be the Queen Bee? It's like, oh, hey, check out that chess girl. <laughs> <laughs> that hot chess girl with the thumb. She has, like, perfect hair, even though, like, she's 14, so she's not wearing any makeup. She yep. still has, like, perfect hair. I was and like, big okay. doe eyes, like her big, mm-hmm. beautiful Sarah Hyland doe eyes. She'd have a lot of black rings underneath them, apparently, because mm. she's, she's not getting any sleep. Jennifer agrees to talk to the cops with her mom and and not with a lawyer there. So she really isn't as smart as we think she is. Right? True. Facts. Uh, first off, uh, Sarah Hyland, mad props for delivering a performance that's unhinged but is not overacting. She called me a loser. She said I was pathetic and dumb and that I was only at Morwood because my family is rich, that I'd never be able to make it on parades alone like her. She tried walking away and so I grabbed her arm and she pushed me so I jabbed her chest with my pen and she pushed Jennifer, me again stop. and so I pulled her hair and I slammed her head into the railing over and over and over again. Oh, it's a little bit overacting but in a good way. Like in the SVU world, like that's what they want. Mm-hmm. She is mm-hmm. so good in this episode she's a great crier she's a great screamer uh not a hundred that i believe that her iq was only five points lower than the 165 person and therefore that makes her irrelevant because 160 and 165 pretty much the same freaking thing right uh but no she's amazing and you can tell she is a star already in this episode um i thought it was really really good i don't know how old she actually was the actress but i thought she did a really great job she she kind of unraveled slowly in the interview and then she just like snapped when she like describes like banging her head and she's like hitting the wall i was like okay that's a crazy i was like she's being crazy good right now yep so liv finds jennifer's journal and flips through it and then you know the first few pages are filled like line to line in small neat print and then she turns over more pages and the sentences spin into this e.e e. cummings poem and all i could think of was like man some PA on the set had to fill out those pages in the diary yeah. oh. for like hours and hours for like one shot. Yeah. Somebody's like niece did that like as a yeah. art project. <laughs> I just think some unlucky person was like, hey, Teresa, come here for a minute. Uh, let me see your handwriting. Okay. Once Larry gets finished covering all these chalkboards with nonsense mathematical equations, I need you to fill out this diary. Yeah. How does Liv like all of a sudden become Jennifer's lawyer? Like, it's so weird how she just, like, hops to and all of a sudden is, like, totally on her side. I mean, this was, I watched this episode before, like, as part of a marathon. And, like, literally in the episode before, Liv is like, I'll do anything to catch this monster. I don't care if he's 15. And mm-hmm. in this one, she's like, man, look at this notebook. This girl is trouble. I need to help. <laughs> well, she's all for the victims, unless they're killers. <laughs> yeah. Unless they're yeah. girl killers. Girl killers, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> just because, you know, Greylock, you know, he, she tells them and so dramatically, it's a New Jersey case. They're like, dun, dun, dun. And they go and they meet that terrible New Jersey prosecutor. That um, New Jersey prosecutor had a really funny line um, when they're begging, they're, Elliot and Liv are begging her, don't, don't charge her as an adult. And Liv goes, are you the same person you were at 14? And the prosecutor goes, I wasn't a murderer at 14. <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> Snap. <laughs> are you sure, though? Yeah. So Jennifer gets removed from the courtroom, and then she's in a holding cell talking to Liv. Again, without the lawyer, she was just standing next to. Yes. So I don't true, think true. she's as smart as she says. Jersey rules. Uh, she says Jersey she's got rules. a stash of provigil pills in her dorm, and so Liv goes back. No warrant, of course. So again, the actual fuck. And finds the pills by slicing open the binding of a textbook. Which we all know probably cost seven hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. That's, mm-hmm. yeah. No chance of returning that to the bookstore at the end of the semester. So if she's popping these pills like candy, why is she going to the trouble of sewing them back into the binding of a book? Yeah, I don't know. That was a little odd to me. I was yeah. like, what a weird place to keep your drugs. <laughs> what a weird place to keep your drugs when you just admitted the school knows they're all on drugs. Like, why exactly. go through all this trouble of hiding it? That's right. I mean, the school knows it, but they're not okay with thongs, eh? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it is a pretty elaborate way of hiding your pills. I mean, smokers don't hide their cigarettes by keeping them behind a revolving bookcase. <laughs> oh, follow me into the bat cave well, where I can have you've never found mine, right? What? Your smoking? Your smokes? No, I don't <laughs> smoke. Of course not. <laughs> of course not. Start, start cut, cutting open books in your house. And the way, apparently, that you know Benson is able to convince this cold-hearted New Jersey prosecutor... Hey. It's so bizarre. Yeah, gotta get the gabagoo. Uh, oh, you mean she makes up the fake story about her fake cop friend? I knew a cop who worked a double homicide for 41 hours straight, then went home and went to bed. He had an asthma attack, so he reached for his inhaler, but he grabbed his service revolver instead. He put it in his mouth and he blew his brains out. What do you want from me? I want you. To read Jennifer's journal. That wasn't a real story. 100%. If it were, we would have heard it before or after on this show, not just in this one episode. I swear to God, because Liv brings up her tragedies constantly. Yeah, I'm trying to imagine how somebody would confuse their service weapon with the inhaler. Do you think he picked the gun up and shook it first? (laughs) I was like... And then put it in his mouth? I don't know. I was like, that story was so... Weird. It was like in the, and it was in the last six minutes. I was like starting to put my notes down. I was like, nope, gotta write this down. I was like, I was also like, how would you? Okay, hypothetically, it's true, and he accidentally sh- shot himself. How did how did you know it was because of sleep deprivation? Right. Who would, who's there to tell? How would you? Where's, how do you exactly. know he didn't sleep before that? Yeah, because he died. He had an asthma. <laughs> I was like, this whole story doesn't make sense. Yeah, no, it makes no sense at all. It makes, but also, why is that New Jersey prosecutor such a behatch? They really hate New Jersey on this show. It, once again, proof that whoever writes this show hates New Jersey. Not just the show. <laughs> Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. 
Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait. You look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money. A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. Well, let's take a look at the real-life story that inspired this episode. It's time for Ripped from the Headlines. You think you know who did it. You think you know who did it. But you don't know who did it. You don't know who did it. Ripped from the Headlines. Plot points in this episode deal with controversies around the diagnosis and treatments of attention deficit hyperactivity disorders in children. Once considered just rambunctious misbehaviour, researchers in the 1970s identified ADHD as a neurodevelopmental disorder. But in some quarters, it still lacks acceptance by some doctors, teachers and parents. One issue is that, unlike other disorders, there is no standard test for diagnosis. There are a wide range of symptoms and they vary from child to child. Symptoms like impulse control, lack of focus or forgetfulness also appear in other disorders. There are parents who fear diagnosing their child with a learning disability will put a label on them, or they believe their symptoms can be controlled with more discipline. Some accuse doctors and teachers of over-identifying ADHD in an effort to increase special education funding from the government. The most common treatment is behaviour therapy and medication, but critics oppose prescribing stimulants to young children. They accuse drug companies of predatory behaviour and accuse parents of seeking an easy solution for their children's problems. While acknowledging more data on the long-term effects is needed, the National Institutes of Health say stimulants are an effective treatment for attention deficit disorders. Okay, two interesting perspectives here today, Rebecca. Yes. As someone with ADD, I'm going to come to you second. Okay, I have thoughts. Yes, I know you do, and that's a part of the attention. Can, can you wait? Can no, you walk? I'm okay. I'll just look at my. I'll just look at my phone right now. Look at your phone, squirrel. <laughs> um, Lily, you're studying education in college. So, what are future teachers being told about dealing with students and ADD and how medications play into their education? I haven't had a lot of classes on this. I personally would prefer they, you know, you know, medication that helps them, you know, that's what they should take. You know, it's uh, to me, I mean, I know it's controversial, but to me, if you need something, you should take it. And your kid needs something, you should let them take it. If it makes them focus, helps them focus. And I think Rebecca's right that a lot of times TV shows easily just say, oh, they bought this drug that, you know, it's prescribed to some kids, like those kids that take it, that need it. I think that's unfair to say that a lot of them will then sell it because that's not fair. Yeah. You know what a lot of this comes down to? What? Is the uh, America's favorite hobby of parent shaming. Ah, right, right. (laughs) There's this idea that if you give your kid a medication that not only, like, it's not about making them behave better. It's about making their life easier. Yeah. You know, I was not diagnosed as a kid. I was diagnosed as an adult and went from a person who had dropped out of college and had 20-something jobs to a person who finished her degree and had a, started a career that I've been doing now for 10 years, like, pretty successfully. It actually makes your life easier. Uh, and there's some shame around, you know, 
parents just want to have it easier? Of course they fucking want to have it easier. What is the matter with that? Like, what is the matter with saying, like, this is impossible. I can't parent through this. Is there anything that can help me? We don't say that about taking sugar out of diets. We don't say that about giving kids insulin when they have, you know, diabetes. This is the only thing, seemingly, that gets judge, judge, judge. And I really do think it's about parent shaming. Yeah, but I think even more so than parent shaming, in a lot of cases, it's more teacher shaming. Some of that, too, yeah. Because they're, they're the like, ones they that... They want it easier. Right. Now, yeah. what I know about this is what I learned from Lily's mom. And let's be honest, we all know she must be listening to this podcast for at least the first time. So, hi, Patty. Say hi, <laughs> hey, Patty. <laughs> is that a lot of times parents just think, no, my kid is just rambunctious and he just needs to take a lap and don't, for whatever... For some of the reasons I talked about, say, look, uh, that's parent shaming. That's parent self shaming. It's self-shame. those same parents who are like, if my kid has more than thirty minutes of screen time a day, they're going to be ruined. Mm-hmm. That is uh. not true. That is a thing that parents have come to believe. They believe if they are perfect, their kids will be perfect. But there's no such thing as perfect, especially when you have something complicated. And teachers, man, they deal with a hundred kids. Every year, year after year after year after year. And what I have learned more than anything else is if I want to know what's up with my kid, like for real, I say to the teacher, have you seen this before? What helped? Because I want to do that. Go, teachers, go. <laughs> Lily, we hear a lot about students who are, are not prescribed something like Adderall or Ritalin, taking it as a study aid or whatever. I know that you have smelled a lot of pot in the dorms. <laughs> And you have uh, taken distilled spirits from Red Solo Cups. <laughs> have you seen a lot of this on campus still? Or I mean, is it just maybe not being... I saw it more in, co- in high school than college, I think, because the stress of high school is different than the stress of college. Because in high school, you're like, you're prepping for college. You're prepping for the rest of your life. Like, people are way more intense in high school. And your parents are looking at you the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't see a lot of... Um, at least I don't know a lot of people that feel the urge to push themselves that hard in college. They feel like college is already hard enough and that's them just prepping. They're just looking for jobs. Like college is like, it's time to start getting my stuff together. High school is like, I got to go, go, go. I got to get the A. I got to get the, you know. So mm-hmm. I I haven't seen, I have seen it, but not in college as much. So a lot of times on SVU, they make up a fake drug, yes. right, is to, to be the... the Not the, this time. The villain. No, Provigil's a real drug. It's yes, one it of, is. It's one of the, the so-called smart drugs known as nootropics. Hmm. Fifteen years later, though, the reviews on Provigil aren't actually that bad. Provigil is an anti-narcolepsy drug, and its off-label use has been uh, used as a wakefulness promoter. Hmm. Not as, It's not a stimulant. According to the literature, unlike uh, Adderall or Ritalin, it doesn't provide the same kind of high and is generally not addictive. So it hasn't become like a popular street ger- drug. Yeah. Uh, the mm-hmm. FDA denied requests, though, to be described as an ADD medication because of certain side effects like skin uh, disorders and things like that, some yep. weird stuff. It is prescribed to long-distance truck drivers and, as they said in the episode, the Army did give it to troops in Iraq. So why does it still feel a little suspect to take a pill to stay awake and think more clearly. Doesn't feel a little... That's literally what Provigil is for. They also yeah. sub- prescribe it for narcolepsy. Yeah, well, that's what it's with for, sleep literally. apnea. So here's the thing. I think that there... I mean, it's kind of like athletes doing steroids, right? I mean, yeah. on the one hand, you can say... 
Why not? Just let them do steroids. Let's just have the steroid Olympics. Like, I want to see the person run uh, 100 meters in four seconds. Like, that would be fun. On the other hand, there's a thing where it's just not fair. And it's also not potentially not healthy. If you don't need a drug, you obviously shouldn't take a drug. And one of the ways ADHD is diagnosed is you let them try the medication. And if it helps, you know, they have ADHD. If it doesn't help and just makes you high and awake, you probably don't have ADHD. You probably mm-hmm. is just a stimulant for you. So, yeah, it's not cool for kids to use neurologically changing drugs if they don't need them. And also, I have issues with the privilege of it because this is a thing that like rich white kids can do to get an advantage that like poor kids can't do to get an advantage. Because guess what? Right. They're not getting those pills for free. Well, well, a lot of people are taking that. They're adults and, and professionals and stuff like this who are taking a drug it's like omega-3s and things like that. It's a cognitive improving substance. You take Red Bull, man. You drink that shit. Some people take that. <laughs> well, does it feel the same thing or is it different? With with you know ADD meds, you're correcting something. Uh, this just seems like, no, you're taking the baseline and making it better. I think Rebecca's right. It's different because if you have ADHD and you don't have ADHD, whether it acts as a depressant or a stimulant, obviously it feels like a big deal because she's only 14. And she was like, I wanted more. So I she was I think in the in the jail cell, she tells Liv, I bought three more pills. And I was like, at 14, I didn't have drug money. So obviously, <laughs> somebody in your house knows. That's because you were too busy buying milkshakes for your dad. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like it's hard because it feels like she and the, the environment of this school has pushed all the kids to feel like they have to be better. They have to work harder. They have to succeed to the extent that they've pushed themselves to to kind of get sick when that's not the purpose of provision. That's not provisional's fault. I think it's more the school's fault for Hell um, yeah, it is. creating an environment like that. So my question is, why wasn't it Finn that was the one who dumped all the knowledge on this drug like he Facts. usually does? Facts. It's like, <laughs> street name is Pony Gravy. <laughs> Kids try it at parties. Next thing you know, they're on a stoop getting paid writing fake Yelp reviews about pork chops. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Hey, that's going to do it for us. We want to thank our special guest, my daughter, my favorite daughter, the one that I didn't kick out of the house for not being smart enough. That's right. Lily Flynn. Lily, where can our listeners follow you online? Um, You can follow me on Instagram at Lily, L-I-L-Y, C. Flynn. And that's probably the best place to find me. You can also follow me on Twitter. I often get tagged in your tweets. I think I have a different Twitter handle. but You do have, you don't even know what your Twitter handle is. I think it's it's Flynn again. It's Flynn again. That's great. You can also follow me on on Twitter at at Flynn Lily. Great. Uh, And Rebecca Lavoie, how can our listeners follow you? I'm on Twitter and Instagram. It's a lot about dogs, politics, and crime at Reb Lavoie. And you can track me on Twitter at Kevin P. Flynn. You can also tweet to us at Law and Order Pod or follow us on Instagram at These Other Stories Podcast. Our newsreader was Cy Freighter. Our theme music was composed and performed by Uncanny Valleys. Line editing by Henry Lavoie. Content assistance from Travis Roy. The aforementioned Lily Flynn handles promotions. To get ad-free episodes of These Are the Stories a week early, sign up at Stitcher Premium. All clips in this podcast were used in compliance with the U.S. Copyrights Act Fair Use Exemption for criticism and commentary. Special thanks to the elite squad of the Law & Order Wiki community for preserving the evidence. Go to lawandorderpodcast.com and sign up for our newsletter for a chance to be our next Law & Order Marathon winner. These Are Their Stories was recorded in the Yoga Loft above the Bodega in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi studio and is a production of Partners in Crime Media. Partners in Crime Media.
In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.